0: Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. During the early days of the COVID pandemic, when in-person dining was shut down in most states, both restaurants and consumers turned to food delivery apps as a lifeline. These apps, like DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub, exploded in popularity. From January through September of 2020, DoorDash alone recorded... 543 million orders, compared to just 181 million orders during the same period in 2019. For restaurants, the popularity and convenience of food delivery apps provided a much-needed revenue source to keep the lights on until the lockdown orders were lifted. And for workers who lost jobs during the shutdown and students who were sent home from college, a part-time job as a food delivery driver was a flexible way to earn some extra cash. But now, lots of folks, including economists, investors, and workers' rights advocates, are questioning the viability and ethics of the food delivery business model. Sure, consumers are hooked, but is anybody in the food delivery business, from restaurants to drivers to the app companies themselves, actually making money on this? Before the pandemic, food delivery apps were niche services that were mostly popular in big cities— but during the lockdown and after, DoorDash and Uber Eats were downloaded by the millions, and delivery service expanded into suburbia. The two apps now control 85% of the U.S. food delivery market. Both of these apps earned staggering amounts of money in 2020 and 2021. Uber Eats clocked $4.8 billion in revenue in 2020, a 152% increase over 2019, Meanwhile, DoorDash's revenue jumped 268% from 2019 to 2020 and continued to generate $1.28 billion in quarterly earnings in 2021, which is why it's so shocking to learn that neither of these companies has turned a profit. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with Daniel McCarthy, a marketing professor at Emory University's Goizueta School of Business, He explained that delivery apps only pocket a small slice of the cost of each food order, and they've been spending a lot more on advertising their services and improving their technology than they've been earning from food deliveries. The delivery apps make what little money they pocket by charging restaurants a commission for each order placed through the app. The standard commission is 30%, though DoorDash has also introduced a tiered commission structure. The apps also charge a smaller service fee to the customer. According to an analysis by Deutsche Bank, the average DoorDash order during the pandemic has been worth about $36. If DoorDash pocketed 30%, the company earned $10.80, plus another two or so for the service fee. That might sound like a lot per order, especially when it's multiplied by hundreds of millions of orders, but that $12.80 is gross revenue. You still have to subtract the costs of doing business. The biggest expense for these apps is paying the drivers. Next are advertising and marketing costs, including those free $25 promotional campaigns to attract new customers. And then there are returns and refunds, which really eat into the bottom line. When all those costs are taken into account, Deutsche Bank and other analysts have calculated that DoorDash is left with net earnings of 2.5 to 3% of the customer's overall bill, or for that average $36 order, just $0.90 cents to a buck twenty. So far, that slim margin hasn't been enough to propel the apps into profitability, even as they take in billions in revenue. But what about the restaurants that use the apps? Let's take the case of Philip Foss, a chef and owner of two Chicago restaurants, one Michelin-starred and the other a casual barbecue joint. When the pandemic hit and in-person dining was shut down, Foss and his staff scrambled to offer curbside pickup and delivery. For a while, the delivery apps seemed like a godsend, allowing restaurants like Foss's to eke out some earnings until customers were allowed back. But even when in-person dining reopened, many consumers remained hooked on the apps. Foss wrote in Eater in January of 2021, delivery apps are destroying restaurants from mom-and-pop places to chefs with Michelin stars. They're a terrible deal. Foss's complaint came down to simple economics, If customers choose delivery over in-person dining, restaurants lose way too much money to the commissions charged by DoorDash and Uber Eats. Even when the app's commission was capped by lawmakers at 20% or 15% during parts of the pandemic, it still left restaurants struggling to turn a profit on each order. Afos used the example of a $30 delivery order of smoked ribs, sides, and a dessert from his barbecue joint. Even with the commission capped at 15% in Chicago, that took $4.50 off the top. Now, when he calculated the food and labor costs plus occupancy costs like rent, utilities, and waste removal, Foss was left with 5% profit, or $1.50 on a $30 sale. Foss understands the attraction of food delivery apps for both customers and restaurant owners, but says the economics are unsustainable, especially if the apps go back to charging pre-pandemic commissions of 30%. He wrote, the restaurant industry has been cannibalizing itself by joining delivery services like Grubhub, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. Okay, but how are the drivers faring? Let's look at the case of Mike Hayes, who worked as a chef for 17 years before he was laid off in March of 2020 at the start of the pandemic. He started driving for DoorDash, attracted by the flexibility of the working hours and DoorDash's claim that drivers earned an average of $25 an hour. But Hayes' experience was different, as he explained to Business Insider in March of 2021. Based in Portland, Oregon, a hotspot for food delivery, Hayes logged 45 hours a week driving full-time for DoorDash. His earnings ranged from a good week in which he made $800, that's $17.77 an hour, to a bad week in which he made just $200, or $4.44 an hour. And according to the website Ridesharing Driver, Hayes' experience is typical. There are occasional unicorn orders that generate a big payoff, but there are also plenty of 10 mile trips with long waits at the restaurant for a $3 score. The average pay, the website said, was $15 an hour. Dashers make money in two ways. The app guarantees them a base pay for each delivery based on the total cost of the order. On top of that base pay, Dashers also make money on customer tips. The more orders you complete in an hour, and the bigger those individual orders and tips, the more money you make. While delivery app drivers can improve their earning potential by working during peak hours, a lunch and dinner rush, in geographic hotspots, there are still plenty of variables that are out of their control. A restaurant can get busy, forcing the driver to spend an hour on a small order. and People can be cheap with their tips. Gas prices can go up. All of that eats into the driver's earnings. Driving for these app companies might make sense as a part time gig for college students or retirees, but it's hard to make a living doing it full time. And since app companies consider drivers contractors and not employees, they don't offer benefits like health insurance, retirement savings accounts, or workers' compensation. So, from the restaurants to the drivers to the app companies themselves, the math of food delivery doesn't seem to add up. When the pie of a $36 order is divided among these three entities, all of them leave the table hungry. But is there a way to make food delivery profitable? Matt Maloney doesn't think so, and he should know. He's the CEO of Grubhub, formerly the biggest name in the food delivery business. He told the Wall Street Journal in May of 2021, food delivery is and always will be a crummy business. He said that no amount of technological upgrades or logistical tweaks will make it profitable, which is why Grubhub pivoted to becoming an online marketing partner for restaurants instead. McCarthy at Emory isn't as down on delivery apps. His research specialty is measuring consumer engagement with products and services, and the data from these companies show that app users aren't backing off. He said... That's the one very favorable dynamic going on for the category as a whole. When people start to use a delivery app, they tend to use it more and more over time. The apps start consuming more and more of their food budget. He explained that one way for everyone to make more money in food delivery is simply to charge consumers more for the convenience. That's what Chipotle is doing. In 2020, the popular Tex-Mex food chain sold nearly half of all food orders via delivery up from just 11% in 2019. To recoup the cost of commissions, Chipotle now charges 17% more for delivery compared with in-store purchases. These apps are also expanding into other delivery sectors, like groceries, drugstores, and alcohol. McCarthy said, I think this is the real key to unlocking the potential profitability of the model. You can have the same driver fulfilling many orders on the same run without having to wait. And Uber Eats is capitalizing on its double identity as a ride-sharing app. A new feature on the Uber app allows riders to order and pick up a meal during their drive or to have a meal delivered to their destination. Today's episode is based on the article, Who, if anyone, makes money off food delivery apps like Uber Eats on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Dave Ruse. Brain Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang with assistance from Ramsey Young. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.